I made a list of three to five non-negotiables that I do every day. I love this saying, and I don't know who's saying it is, but it's small hinges move big doors. So I'm looking at my door right now. So anyone listening can look at a door and you'll see that this big door is literally moved open by these three small hinges. And if you can grab three hinges in your life, they can be so small, but they're non-negotiables. Those big doors of your dreams of your life are going to swing open. Welcome to Pivot Me, where we give business tips and mental hacks so you can move past your biggest obstacles and live the life you've earned. And now your host, business advisor and performance expert, April Garcia. For years, I made large companies larger and rich people richer. Now I coach driven entrepreneurs to hack success, create more time and get better results through high performance habits, the multiply me method and a little mental gymnastics. On Pivot Me, I talk to thought leaders and experts sharing our successes, our many scrubs and how we can all use both to move us to the next level. Join us and learn real simple steps to pivot you and your business towards the life you've earned. Small hinges swing big doors. We're going to talk about that today in my interview with Danette May. She is the co-founder and CCO of Mindful Health and Earth Echo Foods. She's the best-selling author of The Rise and Embrace Abundance, founder of The Rise Movement, keynote speaker, high-level executive coach, fitness and nutrition expert. She shared her inspiring stories on national TV, including Access Hollywood, Hallmark Home and Family, CBS, so many others. And today she's sitting down with us at Pivot Me. We're going to discuss how she had to be unreasonable and even delusional is the word that she uses to get where she is now. How she aggressively pursued a fitness expert based on a hunch and ultimately just how she grew three eight-figure businesses in a very short amount of time. And we will discuss her new book, Embrace Abundance, and share her success habits from there. The hinges that we were talking about earlier. Let's get into it. Well, thank you, Danette, so much for joining us today on Pivot Me. Yeah, I'm excited to be here and I love the title and I think this pertains to everything going on in life right now. For sure. There's a lot of people pivoting right now, isn't there? (laughs) I mean, even me, I mean, I'm constantly thinking about where I need to pivot as well to progress to the next level. Oh, that's so valuable. So, and what's interesting about pivot me, it can be that something pivots us or it can be a choice that we pivot. I want to get into your background a little bit here in a second, but we were just talking about a stat that you shared with me. So I would love for you to share it with the, the pivoters listening. Yeah, I know. It's a recent stat that has come out around people that have chosen, not laid off, but chosen to leave their jobs. And it's higher than any in the history of time. So it's up to almost 10 million people in the last about year and a half. So there was a big surge around early 2020. And then now there's been another surge and, you know, in 2021. So uh, totaling around 10 million. That's incredible. The highest in history. That have chosen to left the workforce. These are not people that were laid off. These are people that said, no, this isn't for me, but I think I know something else that is and went after it. Yeah. You know, I just, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. I don't know if they necessarily 
had this like desire to start something that they love. I think there's a lot of mental health stuff going on. I think there's a lot of people that are wondering, feeling um, uneasy about the future. The work is feeling overwhelming. Uh, maybe they didn't feel like that job was going to be secure. Who knows? I think there's a variety of things going on. And then some people going, man, I'm going to do what I love, which is, should be amazing. <laughs> sure. So let's speak to the people that are, and you're absolutely right. It's a multifaceted answer for the people that have left the workforce, chose to left the workforce and are going out to create something, whether it's, I'm going to own a business with lots of employees, whether they're going to be solopreneur. What I'd love to hear your perspective on is what's going to make that sustainable for them. Well, I mean, this is going to sound a little cliche, but it's the truth. You've got to figure out what your why is like, what, why are you doing this? What's this uh, purpose that you have around this idea of this uh, offering that you're disguising as a business, because you're going to get hit with some really difficult things, especially if you go online. Like, here's the deal. A lot of people are like, and I'm in the digital space. You know, I, I can speak to this so openly because, and I say this unapologetically, but I also say it humbly. You know, I went from $47, literally $47, a single mom to five years having two eight-figure businesses and now three-figure businesses in eight years. So I really understand being in the lows of the lows to creating something from my heart. And I also know how hard it was as well as how rewarding it is. So I, I understand the dance. And so I just want to also say that a lot of people are going into this online world because we're kind of being pushed into this online world. I've always, I've always been in this online world now, but, uh, it's not as easy as a lot of entrepreneurs or business people that are trying to sell you the next funnel or sell you the next business program are making it out to be. And so I just want to be really real with people, you know, so your why is going to be key to your success. Yeah. So your why, explain that. So the why of why you want to make this offer, why you want to have the business. Yeah. And it has to be deep. It can't just be, I want to make a lot of money. Why do you want to make a lot of money? What, what impact are you going to make with that amount of money? How are you going to spend your life with that amount of money? Possibly that why is, you know, like, Hey, I went from to from this, and this is where my business model came from. I went through this pain and I, I use these modalities, whether it's a program or a product or something physical, and it changed my life. And I know I can help someone else. So that's a deep why, because when you get knocked down, you're going to rely on that why to go, this is bigger than me and I can stay in the game because you're going to get knocked down. And if it's just for money and you don't have a deep why around it, you're going to be like, ah, I'm going to move on to the next thing. Sure. There's another way to, I can make money easier. So what's the thing? So you've had a lot of success. I mean, what you just said, what you created in, in five years is amazing. What's the thing that most people don't know when they look at that? What do you go, man, here's this thing you don't know, but you should know. Well, okay. So when I speak at business conferences, they're usually like, Hey, we want to know your funnel, your strategies. And I'm like, here's what people don't know. And this is what I teach my high level coaching clients. I'm projecting out. I see where I'm going, my deeper why, and I'm going to stay in joy is literally like the secret sauce to trajectory you faster. Like people ask all the time, like, how did you do it so fast? How are you doing three of them? How are, and I, I'm going to continue to be successful because I've grabbed a hold of this principle of this frequency. And it's kind of talked about in certain circles, but not every business circle. Sure. So Danette, you said about how important the why is what's your why? Oh my gosh, my why, you know, my mess. So just to back up 
I was this girl who no one knew about, (laughs) but who had a love for fitness and love for just helping people feel better in their bodies. But I didn't really understand. I understood, okay, movement helps with depression or there's certain foods that are probably better for you than other. I understood on a very tactical brain level, but it was the passing of my son. So I lost my son. I went through a really deep depression. My world kept unraveling. So not only did I lose my son and go through this depression and questioning who I am and my life and the decisions I've made and who this girl is and who she's showing up as, But then I went through a really difficult divorce, left me with $47, literally looking under couches and drawers with my daughter to be like, hey, let's see what we can find. And that became this, like, I understood I had something as far as like building up my own energy. Cause over the time I started to go, I need to work on my mindset. I need to move my body. I need to eat healing foods to get out of the brain fog, to get out of depression. And when I started seeing that within myself, I was like, I couldn't, I can't possibly be the only person who's gone through really hard things and really needs tools that are quite simple that actually can make a dramatic difference in your life with your physical body, your spiritual body, your mental health. So that's where my why came from my mess. My mess became my message basically. Yeah. That is a huge pivot point. Mm -hmm. Yes. When did you know you were going to teach from that? It was always in my heart when I was, when I started kind of playing around with the foods and moving my body and seeing myself coming out of my own depression, you know, I want to say that was my pivot point, but at the same time, I remember being a little girl. And so I always want to ask, have listeners reflect when you were a child, what were you thinking about? Like, I remember thinking I'm going to have, I'm going to bring people to nature. I used to say that I'm going to have retreats. What 12 year old says that? I don't know, but I used to say that before I really knew. And so I've always had this desire to help. I just, it was my mess that made me realize this is my why, this is how I can show up because it's helping me and my body. And so that's when my, my true pivot happened. (laughs) So I'm, I'm imagining this woman who has gone through this terrible loss, the most unimaginable loss as a parent that I can fathom a messy divorce, $47 to your name. So big, why a big juicy, why so important, but how did you overcome imposter syndrome, self-sabotage? I mean, you had, you had a hundred reasons to not be successful. How did you overcome them? Yeah, it doesn't happen overnight. I went in my quest to understand the mind because I, what I did at the time when I was in my low is I looked up people that I aspired to, like people like Napoleon Hill that are passed on. You know, if you haven't known who Napoleon Hill is, definitely look him up. He does his grow rich, whatnot. I started looking up people that I was like, wow, I want to know the behind the curtain, not just read their book, but behind the curtain, what's their story and what did they do to get out to create this life. And I found a common denominator. They all had crazy pass. They all had downfall. And I was like, cha-ching, I got that one. (laughs) Nailed it. Yeah. It gave me hope. Okay. And then I found other common denominators between all of them. And I started implementing those common denominators and really started understanding the power of our minds to create our reality. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. So anytime the mind came up of being a fraud or not having the connections, because I didn't have connections, I certainly didn't have resources. I just had a dream and an idea. And I started harnessing these I like this ability to meditate, to visualize, to use my energy and my frequency. 
and the relationships came and the inspiration hit to someone to reach out to. And that's just one step at a time. And it's not like I'm perfect at it. I still have days you have more on the line and you have another glass ceiling to overcome in your business. Like go from eight to nine figures, whatever the thing is, you have to look at the stories and and question them all the time. Is this true? Is this true? And that's kind of what I do all day long. Is this true? No, it's not true. It's just something that someone told me, even business people will tell you, oh, it's so hard to go to eight to nine. Why? Like, really? Is that necessarily true? Or is that the story? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. So when in your quest, I'm curious, this comes up a lot. So big fan of Napoleon Hill as well. In fact, we just had Sharon Lecter who wrote, who, you know, she is, she's amazing. Right? I, well, I don't know her, but that's amazing. <laughs> Rich Dad, Poor Dad series. Um, She was amazing. That series actually got me into real estate investing when I was like 20. So I got to thank her for that. But she just kind of reinvigorated the Napoleon Hill Foundation and wrote Three Feet from Gold and I think Outwitting the Devil is the other one. Anyways, amazing conversation. But let me ask you this. So I, I did the same thing. Did you find an author or a speaker that mirrored your story? Yes, a couple. Okay. The biggest one was Lisa Nichols. I knew it. I knew it. I was just about to say, do you know, Lisa, her her mess became her message. And I was like, when she told the story about wrapping her baby in cloth for a diaper, I was like, I'm here. I'm eating ramen. (laughs) Right. I'm getting really skinny and people are wondering why, (laughs) because I didn't have any money and I was a lot of pride about it. And I didn't tell people and I just tried to like figure it out, which was a gift. But yeah, I remember hearing her story. I was more on that cusp of out of the, I was already listening to other people. And then I became, I I was actually speaking at an event she was at and I was like, Oh man. And then another woman has another, I don't know if you're familiar with Kathy Smith. She was a fitness icon back in the day. I think she produced the most fitness videos. And I remember someone introduced us, which felt like such a big deal at the time for me. And she had without disclosing, cause I don't know if she's as open, but some similar things. And I was like, dang, if, if she can have these stories, then I I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. Oh, that's so powerful. And let that be a reminder for those listening to share our story, to share both, not just the highlight reel, but the the behind the scenes, if you can be vulnerable, because what we're looking for as humans is to see our story in someone else. And so Lisa Nichols showing, like telling us her backstory empowered so many other people. And so if it all just looks perfect, well, then we, we can be admired for those, but we're not relatable. Yeah, exactly. That's good. Okay. So tell me about the businesses that you've built. So two, now three, very successful businesses. How did you get into that? How did you select those businesses? Tell us about that. Yeah. So in the early days when no one knew who I was and I had two pennies to rub together, I was literally like, I feel I'm onto something with really simple foods, like superfoods, five ingredient superfood recipes, moving your body and this subconscious rewiring. So it was really more body fitness based, but I was like hitting on something very subconscious around our beliefs and how to rewire that. So I had this thought, but I didn't have any marketing skill. 
And I just knew I wanted to bring it to millions. I just knew that I wanted to, and I didn't know how here I had like 300 friends on Facebook, if that, and I was the Facebook person who would open up Facebook and read things, but never post. And I didn't really know anything beyond that. And so I knew I needed a marketer and how I went about it at the very beginning was I reached out. I first, I meditated. I was like, this is what I desire. This is the type of character. This is the type of team. These are all the areas I know nothing about, but I know I have to have. And I literally would meditate on this and and visualize. I was not connected to a single soul, nor did I have the money. I literally got this hit. Don't even know where this hit came from because I don't even do Twitter. It was like, check on Twitter wonk. And I somehow heard about it from someone else. This is how hits work. These downloads, we call them. It's like, You'll hear a word that you're like, what's Twitter wonk? And someone will be like, oh, you can see who's trending. And then you'll have another day where you're like, you should check on Twitter wonk who's trending in the area you want to bring out into the world. That's how it came to me. I typed up Twitter wonk and was like trending in fitness. And I see one, two, three, which are corporations. Number three was Oxygen Magazine. And then I see the name and it says Craig Collins. And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a human and it says Vail, Colorado. Okay, so then you go to trusty Facebook, you type in Craig Collins, look for Vail, Colorado, bingo. You message them. I messaged him. I think we laugh about it to this day, like seven times. Was he replying at any point during these seven barrages of email? Okay. (laughs) No, (laughs) I was like, Craig, I'm not creepy. Please reply back. (laughs) But I was like pretending I was like, Hey, I have this great idea, this business idea. And I would literally end it in yours in health, Danette. (laughs) And I would send it and send it. Finally, he pinged me back after like seven times. And he was like, ah, sure. I love helping entrepreneurs. How can I help you? I was bold enough to say, I think you should fly out to see me. (laughs) And um, we should discuss this in person. Because in my mind, I was like, I can't just partner with. I was like, not you even so go to see him. You said he should come and see you. Totally. And I don't, I, people, I think when you have a dream and I want to bring this up because When you have a dream and you get hits or what we call downloads, it's going to seem a little delusional because who the heck do I think for me to be like, I think you should come visit me to discuss this business idea. You become delusional in your dream and you need to be okay with that because it's true. I was so convinced that my, because of my meditations and my visualizations, I was so convinced they were lucky enough to do business with me, that they were lucky enough for me to share this idea and that we needed to make sure energetically we were the right match. So we must meet in person because we can't discuss this over phone because you're going to be my business partner. Wow. That's how my brain was. Just this guy that you found on Twitter that was underneath three corporations. I didn't even know what he looked like until I found him on Facebook. Right. So he's kind of like, who is this girl? Like, this is really weird. He's like, I will jump on a phone call. He totally denies me. He's like, we'll jump on a phone call. (laughs) And we get on a phone call. I remember he's on a bus heading up to go skiing. Like he lived this life of like skiing every day. And I was like, who has time to ski every day? Like what? I'm like raising babies by myself. I'm struggling over here. And 
kind of talked to me, but everything he said went over my head. I didn't really know what he was talking about. He was trying to tell me about email capture and (laughs) all this languaging I didn't know at the time. And I finally was like, I'd I'd really like to, and you guys, this is funny. I had from my previous job, because we traveled in this previous job, accumulated points at the Marriott. So I didn't even have money to pay for a hotel. And they were like, you, so I was like, how about I come and visit you? And we can just talk about this idea. And he was like, okay. Like he thought it was kind of strange, but he was like, fine, we'll go to a meal. We'll go to dinner. And he was for sure going to let me take care of that tab. <laughs> he did not know my story or anything. So I drive out to Vail, Colorado and he takes how me- long of a drive is this for you? Eight hours, eight hours. You drive eight hours to meet a man that you don't know to pitch him on an idea. When one conversation, he spewed a bunch of stuff you didn't even understood. Totally. Because I felt inspiration when I saw his name, that's it. That's it. And that's how this works. This is how this energy works. Sometimes they're hit or misses, but they're always leaving clues to the next hit and to the next thing. So this is how I operate in all my life. You should see the phone calls I make to people. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> okay. We're going to meet, I guess. But anyway, so anyway, we, I get there and he takes me to the most expensive restaurant in Vail, Colorado, which is already expensive. And I'm like, Oh crap. I have hardly any money in my account. And I don't want, I'm trying to put on a facade that I'm like a somebody <clears throat> and I order a salad. <laughs> I pretend I'm not hungry and I pay the bill. He tells me all this information. He tells me how much he charges. I'm like, Oh man, I, you know, I share the idea. I'm kind of stumbling. I'm sure it was kind of jangity. I was nervous. We end up leaving. I end up leaving. And for, and I, for six months heard nothing from this person. And I had planted the vision. He had shared how much he could, I could pay him to implement some of the vision. And I didn't have the money. So I was like, it's over, you know? Yeah. But I still felt there was something there. And this is the ticket, you guys. This is the thing that I want to share is don't give up. Like a lot of people, I think, would have closed that book or closed, you know, just closing books all the time. And the thing about inspiration is it doesn't need to make sense. You might seem a little delusional but just continue to follow those hits and those inspirational nudges. And so I remember reaching back out to him. If he knew embarrassed, there you go. And it's so funny. All these people are now my friends. Like Lisa. you reached out to him and just said, Hey, Craig, do you know Tim Ferriss? Yeah. Cause I thought he had name dropped him in the conversation. And I was like, Oh, I'm just going to meet Tim Ferriss. Then I'm going to pitch Tim Ferriss. You're like, I can't afford Craig. Let's see if I can afford Tim instead. <laughs> totally delusional. <laughs> And he goes, I actually might be seeing him this weekend. I'm going to an entrepreneurial event. And I'm thinking this, okay, you guys have to know something. I'm going to be so vulnerable on this podcast. I was the girl who had never done, had sex with anybody outside of my marriage and only had sex once I was married. So I am like this massive prude, massive prude. And I remember sitting there, like starting to sweat, but I was like, I need to get to this event. And I was like, do you need a date? <laughs> you said this to Craig. Yes. And he's like, I like text it. And I'm like sweating. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm so forward. Like that to me felt like sex. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like, I'm like, Oh no, Oh no. And he writes back. Sure. He's like, I'm staying with some friends. You know, I, I think he was kind of joking. Like, I don't need a date, but you're welcome to come. 
And, you know, like I'm staying with these friends if you need a place to stay, which I was like, good, I don't have a place to stay. So, so wait, let's talk about this unwavering faith in this whole thing. So you text this person you barely know, Hey, can I come with you as your date or somewhere else? Oh, I could stay with you for free too. Like, like reasoning did not enter the picture. Like what was reasonable was never on the table, Danette. Not once. You're just like, I'm in, it doesn't matter. I'm throwing it all totally. by the wayside. I'm just in. Yeah. I think I love you, April, because I have not told this story this vulnerably that I am sharing with you. You just have this personality that pulls it out, which is amazing. It's unbelievable. <laughs> this is an unbelievable story. This is amazing. <laughs> so anyway, I don't meet Tim Ferriss because everybody's going to wonder. I don't meet him at this event. I meet him at a different event later down the road. But what happened is I ended up staying at the same place that Craig was staying. And it was with who would be at the, well, you know, Mark Cuban, everybody knows Mark Cuban. For sure. Sure. He's like the internet marketer OG, like a Mark Cuban, but for internet marketing is the person hosting us at his house. Who is it? Do you know Michael Geary? He's the OG. So he's not, he's behind the scenes. Okay. Yeah. Behind the scenes person. He doesn't care about his name being out there. He's now a small partner with me. I interviewed someone similar to that two weeks ago. And he was saying, he goes, I didn't want any of the exposure. I didn't want any, I wanted to be the guy behind this. He was the guy that trained Russell Brunson, but anyways, so different guy. Yeah. Similar. Like they that. probably are friends. They definitely are. For sure. <laughs> Everyone in the, that's in the OG of the digital marketing space knows who he is, but he doesn't have his name out there to anyone. Like he doesn't even do podcasts. He could care less. Yeah. I, I had to talk this guy into a podcast. He's like, I usually don't do this. And then he told me he was the first live webinar. He hosted the first live webinar ever. And I was like, this is amazing. But anyways, but those are the guys that are like, they've got the strings, they're controlling it, but they're not necessarily out on stage. Only 3% of speakers, podcasters, and authors make enough money to do it as a full-time career. 3%. Man, that's bad. I came from the big business world. And if I wanted to scale my speaking career and release courses, I knew I needed more than just case studies and metrics. I actually needed a personal brand. Brand Builders Group is a personal brand strategy firm for thought leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs, and they work with some of the biggest names. They help clarify your message, expand reach, and increase revenue while monetizing your personal brand. I still do their monthly consulting package, but I've also done their workshops, webinars. They're all great. Don't be part of the 97% who can't afford to do the work they love full-time. Connect with the same team I hired to help me. Check them out at pivot-me.com backslash partners and get on their schedule for a free call. Yeah. So anyway, so we're there. And of course, I think Craig's starting to get some feelings because I'm this girl who has no trust though. I have gone through the ringer in my past relationship. I am now this single mom. I can, my sole focus is on taking care of these, these two little girls and this dream in my heart. I'm not thinking about guys. I'm not thinking about like dating. I am not, I'm so far removed, but he is, he's kind of (laughs) like, he's there. Well, you've propositioned him at this time. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. So he goes, I know he's kind of, he's, he, if he were on here right now, he'd be like, this girl is so confusing. I could not figure out. She comes out and sees me. Then she leaves. And then she asks to come out and he's like, she's all over the place. But then when you're around her, she's just got a brick wall around her. So you're confused. 
So anyway, he tells me at that time, he goes, I'm starting to have feelings for you. I know you want to do business, but I need to be really real with you. And so that was like, oh man, I, I, I would like for us to do business together. But he was like, you know what? I'll, I'll introduce you to all these connections, you know? And I was like, that's great. And so of course he did. He tried to pawn me off on these other amazing marketers and tell them about me, which was beautiful. But then I think he started to get a little bit of like, whoa, I think this girl has something because then his friends were like, I think she has something like, maybe I'm going to listen to her and maybe do something with her, like partner up with her. And and then he was like, I actually want to partner up. And I said, I only want to partner up with you. I don't know what it is, but I know it's you. So I'm going to say no to all these amazing contacts that you have. And I would love to be your partner. And so that's when we started getting into business together. Wow. Yeah. What a story. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just the beginning of everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, did you tell anyone you were doing this? Cause I feel like if you would have shared this with a friend or a family member, like I'm just going to go out and visit these people. I feel like people would have heavily discouraged you from this. Yeah, absolutely. I, the, the beautiful thing about being at rock bottom is a lot of times you don't have a lot of people that are understanding you and you don't have a lot of close friends. That's why it feels kind of sucky. And I was in that space. I was in the rock bottom of not having close friends and feeling very alone as a single mom and my parents at the time, because I was in this huge transition of who I was becoming and my religion, my beliefs. And they were like, kind of like, Whoa, what's happening to Danette? So I just did all this on my own. Wow. I didn't have someone in my ear telling me you're delusional. You're, and which is a gift, which is a gift. What do you think that if you weren't at rock bottom, you would have taken such a huge leap of faith. I ask myself this a lot and it's something that I hope I never lose because now I'm in this new place. Right. But I still have, like, I'm not scrounging for money. I'm not scrounging for anything. And I ask myself this a lot because I have big dreams and I'm like, I still is gritty. Am I still is willing to go so deep? And I try to tap into that because I do know there was a power in my back against a wall and being at rock bottom, there was a power in that. And when you have to feed your babies, there's a power in that. And so for anyone who's at a rock bottom, know you're in a power position in a lot of ways. You got nothing to lose. Yeah. There's nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose. And there's a power in that. And I think a lot of people forget and they think that the power is in all the connections and all the resources and the big team and and yes, that's a different power, but there is a gritty power that is beyond anything. And that's what I'm trying to continue to hold on to, even though I'm not in it and be like, I got to dig deep to go there so that I can go to that next step. Mm. That's such an important message because I think a lot of people who would be in that situation that you're in, where their back is against the wall, that they are a single mom, that they're trying to feed their babies they would not describe that as a powerful position. They probably feel incredibly powerless. And I love that you're saying, no, 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 take that story. And we're going to give you a much more empowering story because when you have nothing to lose and you weren't even leaning on network, friend, peer group, none of that stuff. You're saying what I just heard is that was actually was a gift in that moment because they would have talked me out of what I was about to do. A friend would have said, you can't do that. This guy could be a serial killer. You're putting yourself out there too much. You're, God knows what's going to happen when you go to Vail. Yeah. But in actuality, that was a gift for you in the moment. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, I, it's a, it's a beautiful thing to like reflect on and everyone listening. I hope you just understand if you have the power of visualization and you have this unbelievable belief in faith, the sky's the limit. And that's really what I want for everyone. You know, I'm consulting with, he's a family member, but he's this artist that I think is incredible. And one day could be the most, one of the most well-known artists. And the biggest thing I'm seeing for him is whether he's going to believe that's possible for him or not. And that's the biggest thing for all of us. Do we believe it's possible for us? Can we get removed this unworthiness? Can we remove this doubt of the story that why me? Like, how is that possible for me? I don't have this or this or this. Why not you? And it's the biggest thing I wish I could implant in everyone. And even myself all the time is this deep belief that anything is possible. Do I believe it? And am I, do I, have I removed any blocks of worthiness to get there? Yeah. I think that's such an important point. I always love shifting the question from why me to why not me. It's such a powerful question because it's not the best art that hangs in the museum. It's not the best songs get played in the radio. It's the people that have unwavering faith in what they're producing. It's not necessarily about a quality thing. We think it's tied to quality or expertise. It's usually the people that were ballsy enough to get their stuff out there. True. It's true. To get out in the arena. And you did that. And believe it and be delusional enough to believe it. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. So this is something usually I ask at the very end, but this, you know, our conversation definitely lends itself. If you could tell the world one thing, what would it be? Oh, I have to tell you guys a story because I'm going to take from this woman. So I was in Ethiopia and we were working on getting clean water into these villages. And I was trying to really do a documentary on women. So I got invited into this, this place with what was considered a wealthier woman because she had a donkey. And I'm in her small, literally clay hut with a donkey that's going in and out of this place where she sleeps. She's got all these grandbabies because her husband has passed away and her son has AIDS. And I see a corner of pottery and she didn't, I had a translator. She didn't understand. We didn't understand each other. Very strong woman. And I said, cause I was filming her. And I said, if you had one thing to tell millions of people, millions of people, what would it be? And she got so intense and she looked at me and she started pointing to her pottery and she started just going off. And I was like, what is this woman saying? Came out in translation. She's like, see that pottery. I didn't know how to do pottery. I never, ever learned. It was never in my lineage. It was never something that was passed down. I learned and anyone can learn anything at any moment of time. And so her message was just start owning your power, start figuring out a solution and believe it's possible. And she's like, I started selling it. And now I'm considered more of one of the more well-off women because now I have a donkey so I can get clean water. And I was like, dang, that is my message too. like, just start getting gritty and take power, your power back because it's there. There's always a way to come out with a new solution. It's amazing. That's amazing. I love that story. I love that story. So if someone's listening and they've had some measure of success, but they want to make a pivot, they want to get to that next level, but they're struggling with some of that. They're struggling with, well, I would have to do something completely different than I've ever done. I'd have to do something to use your word delusional. What would you tell them? This is a hard one because everyone's a little different. 
And I think there are people that think they want what they want, but they're not really willing to be gritty all the way through. And so you are going to get a big slap on the butt and it's going to get really messy. And now you're going to have dropped money into this project or time or people. And, and if you're not willing to go all the way through, so it's a hard one for me. So I, I, I honestly would say before you make a pivot or before you step into something, really check in, are you willing to get knocked down? as Lisa Nichols will say, were you willing to get knocked down so many times and still get up? Are you willing? Because your why has got to be so deep. It's got to be so thick in the blood that, because you are going to be met with opposition. You are going to be met with no money. You are going to be met with people letting you down. And so I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing before you even step into that pivot, because Sure. Maybe your pivot's not meant for you at that moment. Maybe you need to like do some deeper groundwork. Yeah. And you know, one thing that we've talked about before on Pivot Me is that, you know, for our, our audience, they've had some measure of success and you would think, well, you've got a history of success. I think you probably know where I'm going with this already. It'll be easier to continue to be successful. Sometimes when we've had success, it's actually the curse because then we've got this track record of things going well for us. And if we're going to start a new business, we're going to make this pivot and go in this different direction. Yannick Silver, I just had him on a few weeks ago and we were talking about this and he said, that was the hardest part is that I'd already been very, very successful. So to go to do something else, I'm like, well, I have to be really successful at this. And that's a hard thing to overcome. And so for someone who's listening, that's like, well, I've got this, I've been, I've been successful in this other thing. Sometimes we have to battle our ego to be successful in the other because we are going to get knocked down. And we think, oh no, I've already put in my time. I've already, I've already been knocked down. And we've really got to fight our ego of like, all right, if I'm going to do something different, in some ways I'm starting from scratch and I've got to be willing to swallow my pride and get knocked down and do things wrong. And I mean, I love the idea that you didn't know marketing. You had 300 people on your Facebook, which you're, you're an influencer now. Like you've got this huge audience to go from where you started to this. I'm sure there was a lot of fumbling Facebook lives in there. <laughs> there was a lot of embarrassing moments in there. No, there still is. <laughs> there still is. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Oh God. That's so good. I, I'm reminded of, I don't know how many have read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. But she's an author that I think is incredible. But her big bestseller was Eat, Pray, Love, right? So many people bought that so book. Good. It was this huge success. And then she got started feeling like, oh, like if I write the next one and it's not as good, like who am I still a good author? Am I still valued? You know, and so you have to come to a point and she mentions this and I've taken an introspection on it is do you do what you're going to do because you love it, regardless of anyone's going to applaud you, if anyone's going to label you a success? And so I'm grateful now because I feel like I'm now at a point where I'm like, I don't even really have anything to prove. I'm like, I want to do things because my heart asks me to and because for the sheer joy of doing it, because I can, because it's my creative outlet, because it's something I can do. And I don't need any applause. And I think that's important. And when you get to that point, I think that's where your power actually lies. I'm noticing a shift for me in business in that regard. I don't have anything to prove other than I just get to do it because I love it. Oh, that's so good. When the day that you no longer need the applause and you do it just because you love it, that's powerful. Yeah. 
It's funny because I was just thinking about, I had a, a, an extremely successful sales agent I was talking to last week. And he said, the second I stopped wondering where the money was coming from, the money kept coming in. And that's when he went from, you know, a hundred thousand a year to 700,000 a year, and then was making, you know, seven figure income. It was when he stopped being attached to that piece. And there's something powerful in just moving past either the financial piece of it, which let's not, you know, don't get me wrong. That's how we get to do the things we need to do. We have to nail the revenue model for sure. But moving past the applause, just doing it because you love it. That's powerful. Yeah. I think there's something to say about that revenue. Cause I've also coached people that have a dream in their heart and they're driving a Range Rover and they're living in a 6,000 plus square foot home and they have all the shoes and I'm like, and they're crying because they don't feel like they have enough money to start this business or time. And I'm like, what are you doing? Sell everything. Like, why does it matter to sell it all? Because I would way rather have one pair of shoes and my dream in execution than I, I just think people need to look at that. And I'm not saying you can't have both because I definitely am a big proponent of abundance, but it's like, you're going to get it all back. Just, you know, honor your heart and honor your soul's mission. You got to do it in the right order. So it's sustainable, right? Yeah. So talk to us about your success practices. So again, you, you are, I don't, I don't know if you'd use the word rags to riches, but I mean, like talk about a story of transformation that you've gone through and now you've been very successful and you're fulfilled. I mean, you've got the progress, you've got the fulfillment, you've got the successful businesses. What are your success practices that help you maintain that? Yeah. You know, I, not because I'm just trying to push my book. I really wrote my book around this because Hay House asked me to. They came to me and said, hey, what are these practices that you put in place to go from $47 to this abundant life that you're living in your health and your relationship and your, because we were talking earlier, like you can have all this wealth and these amazing businesses, but if you have your relationships in the wayside and they're crumbling, you don't really actually have true wealth. Like in the end, when you have all this money, all you really want is really solid, fundamental relationships in your life. Like that's where my goals are lying. So they really wanted me to write a book about all that. And so I lay out all my success principles, plus what I, I know everyone else can grab a hold of each day to really bring more abundance into their lives. So I have a lot of them. I could list a couple that I... I really use on a regular basis. And that is one, I made a list of three to five non-negotiables that I do every day. I love this saying, and I don't know who's saying it is, but it's small hinges move big doors. So I'm looking at my door right now. So anyone listening can look at a door and you'll see that this big door is literally moved open by these three small hinges. And if you can grab three hinges in your life. They can be so small, but they're non-negotiables. Those big doors of your dreams of your life are going to swing open. You have to find what those are for you, but really evaluate what are three to five non-negotiables that I'm going to take part of every single day. The second thing that I do is I have what I call soul writing. And I do this every single morning and it's my time to commune with my higher self. And so I tune in to my internal intelligence system and I ask questions. Usually I'll, I'll write down, what would you have me know? And I'll just journal on random stuff. Maybe I'll ask about a certain person to hire a business idea. What, what would I need to do to do this dream that I'm feeling in my heart? And it's amazing what comes out on paper. 
I know that when we started to 10X our business, it came from an idea from soul writing. And I use it for my relationships. I have ideas about my kids that they're like, mom, how did you know that? I'm like, my soul knew it. I don't know how I knew it. (laughs) So I do that. Those are just some of the things. But like I said, in my book, I lay it all out and I give it really simply so that everyone can implement these abundance markers in their life. I'm going to read a note that I've got here in front of me. Number one, it says, I took control of my life and my goals and made them happen. Number two is focus. I didn't have a clue what focus was. Number three says, I'm really thriving with weekly accountability and a team to help. These are just some of the feedback we've received from our weekly mastermind calls. We've been running them for years. They have been so powerful, so impactful, and they've all been full, but we finally opened a new time slot with live coaching with me and eight other awesome people once a week. They will get to know you. I will get to know you, and we will all be pooling for your success. Hop over to pivot-me.com backslash mastermind, answer those four questions and get on a call with me. Come on over. Your team is waiting for you. Let's do this together. What is your hope with your book? Honestly, you know, like I said, I didn't approach Hay House to write this book. They approached me and it was during the time at the start of all of this. And I was like, I think people have forgotten that their inherent nature is abundance and that our birthright is abundance and that we have so much magnificence inside of us. And if we can just open our eyes and like take that one step towards seeing it more clearly in the different areas of our life. And that's really what I did. I was writing about those, those stories that are small. They might be from a healer or a sage or a past person that we're so inspired about. And you can read these little stories and then you can implement the small nuggets of what you can do each day to go, Oh my gosh, I, I'm increasing an abundance in that particular area. I really wanted that for humanity, especially now because people have lost hope and they've also are questioning. And I'm like, here's the deal. You are in control of your life. There's a lot of external crap going on for sure, but you can actually write the story of your life. You can start to see the abundance that's waiting for you to grab a hold of. And that's what I really wanted in this book. Yeah. Where can people go to get your book? Yeah, um, it's Embrace Abundance. That's the name of the book. So you can go to embraceabundancebook.com. It's going to be hitting every major bookstore and Amazon very soon. So you can go look there or you can just go to that link, embraceabundancebook.com. And then you can order from major bookstores from that link. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes too. So a couple of follow-up questions. Love, love the concept of the book. The idea of the book, we'll definitely be getting it here at Pivot Me. And again, we'll drop that link in show notes. So, you know, we talked a little bit about self-sabotage before, and we were talking about how sometimes we're going after the success of our business and we're killing it. Some other things suffer. And in your experience, either from your personal experience or client experience, how are you seeing people self-sabotage and what should they do about it? I mean, I see it everywhere. (laughs) It's usually in the form of unworthiness. It's usually this deep rooted feeling that somehow I'm flawed or somehow I'm not good enough or who am I to be bright enough? And it's usually, you know, a great book actually to grab a hold of is The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. He talks a lot about the limiting belief systems that show up to have you self-sabotage. And it can sometimes be 
that you don't think you're unworthy, but you as a child, let's say you had a sibling that you loved dearly, but your parents all the time were like saying how smart you are compared to your sister or brother. And you watched as they just kind of got lower and lower in the feelings of themselves because they couldn't add up to your your greatness that your parents were constantly highlighting. So now as an adult, you're like, well, I don't want to make that much money or do that because then what if I'm dimming everyone else's light? So looking at these past things and that are in your past that are keeping you from the true magnificence that you're meant to share. Mm, that's so good. And the unworthiness piece is so important because that's, it, it's interesting to me. And I see it as well all the time. People will think they're missing some critical component. Like, well, you know, as a business advisor, people sit down and they think that it's in another skill set. Should I get my MBA? I've been going back and forth. Should I go do this additional training? And almost always it's a limitation up here. It's not so much that they're missing a skill set. It's like, no, 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 we just got to change something. They, they come for skills and techniques, but they end up leaving with the mindset shift so often, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's the number one thing to work on, actually. The number one thing, your money mindset, your belief mindset, all that your worthiness mindset. Yeah. I love it. I, and I love going back to the, the small hinges, move big doors. So you said three to five negotiables. What were yours? So I, I heard the soul writing. What, what's your negotiables each day? Well, mine are unique to me. So everybody needs to find their own or you can take some of mine. One is I believe in the power of nature. So I have something green that I consume every single day. So whether it's a green drink or it's a big salad, that's a non-negotiable. I don't care if I'm on vacation, traveling, something green and living in my body every single day. The second non-negotiable is nature time. So I don't care if it's raining, snowing, whatever. I'm going to get out and commune in nature. It's the reminder that I'm connected to it all. It's what grounds me as a human and, and helps me go to the next level. And then my third one is affirmation. So I believe that the most potent, powerful word there is on the planet is I am. And I believe it's a God sound. I believe that whatever comes after that I am is writing in the destiny of your soul's evolution. And we use I am frequently start noticing how often you use I am and what you're putting after it. Be very, very careful with the words you're choosing to speak to yourself out loud in your mind. And I, every day do, I am affirmations calling forth the truth of where I'm going. Huge fan, huge fan as well. It's also, also why I don't tend to like labels too, is because people will say like, I am. And usually the label that follows is an excuse. I'm introverted. That one drives me crazy. (laughs) What's the other one? I'm introverted. And there was another one that always, now I'm, I'm blanking it, but the introverted is a big one because People use it as a way to like excuse why they can't show up in a certain way. And not to say certain people are introverted. I can hear my aunt who bristles every time I say that I hate the phrase, I am introverted. She's like, but I am. And I'm like, I know, but you can't use it as an excuse. And she's, me to say it all the time. <laughs> she's, she's not. I'm like, imagine if you're like, I add, I am someone who adds value to every conversation I am in or every room. Yeah. I always say flip the, I am introverted. So I don't tend to like to talk to a lot of people instead flip it to, I'm a person who adds value to every conversation I'm in. And I'm like, you will experience people completely different. Ooh, I'm going to take that one. That's good. That's yeah, that's, that's awesome. So, and then we'll, we'll have a couple of follow-up questions after that, but where is the best place people can connect with you? 
I'm on social. So if they just go to the Danette May, you can connect with me on social. If that's your jam, I am also have a website that I put out content like one every single day of the year. So you can get on my newsletter, um, go to DanetteMay.com. I think those are the best ways that you're going to be able to really experience me and what I'm sharing out in the world. Sure. Last question is what lies ahead for you? Oh man, I'm so excited. There's a lot that lies ahead for me. You know, what's coming up for me is the power of sound body. I see myself DJing in large stadiums, which is so radically different than anything I've ever done. And I see it and I'm saying it right here, honey. I think we do get along because that's actually one of the things on my list. Cause I love music and I love hosting and I love all the things. And I had DJ written on my vision board last year. So I get it. It's like, it's true right now. And so I'm like learning it and I'm like, I want to DJ Tulum. I'm going to just start DJing. I love this. <laughs> I love this. Okay. So coming back to something you said earlier, how are you going to maintain your grittiness now that your back's no longer against the wall? How are you going to keep your edge? I'm going to try to keep, stay in that humbleness. You know, there are moments when I'm in Costco that I'll still tear up when I have a full cart of groceries. There have been moments like that. And I, I appreciate those moments of tenderness because the truth is, I'm that girl that didn't have money for groceries. And I'm that girl that has the full cart. And the only differentiator is the cart and the groceries. That girl is the same. And just remembering who she is at the core. Wow. So instead of a fear of going back there, it's kind of like an embracing both versions of you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today and having an amazing, inspiring conversation. We so appreciate this. Oh, thanks for, you're amazing to talk with. And I hope everyone got value from this. It was fun. I had to be unreasonable. I had to be delusional to make this happen. Her back was against a wall without connections, without a network to lean on. She just had to make it work. And she did. It's an inspirational story. But what I loved was the unwavering faith in where she was headed. She meditated about it. She had affirmations about it. And what was reasonable for her never came into the picture. I don't know if when she was a single mom with that $47 to her name, if her envision included having multiple eight-figure businesses, but her current reality does now. Go check out her book, Embrace Abundance at embraceabundancebook.com and connect with Danette online at danettemay.com. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for dialing in today. And don't forget, make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, give us a five-star review. It means the world to us. Hit me up on Instagram at theaprilgarcia or check us out online at pivot-me.com. This is all made possible with the support of you listeners, the numerous contributors and our clients. Our music and production is by the amazing Rockwood Audio. Join me next time for more tips on how to hack success. And until then, make it a great day. Thanks, guys. You guys are amazing.